Hey church family and friends, we're coming up on the end of the year and it's a special opportunity for us to give as a church. Coming up, we have our I Love My Church offering. And I wanna invite you to consider giving this season to help us finish the year strong and launch into next year ready to reach more people than ever before. So it's really simple, just pray, ask God if you should give and how much you should give, and then do that. And if we all do that, we'll see the Lord use our giving to expand this ministry and reach more people than ever before. So you can give in church these next few weeks, or you can give online, generation.church, and look for the giving option. And all of that giving is gonna help us reach more people than ever before. Thank you for being generous, and I believe you're gonna see God do great things in your life as you step out in faith and practice generosity. God bless you. So we started Advent last week and we lit this first Advent candle. And the first candle represented faith. And we thought about how many people had the faith to look forward to Jesus coming into the world and how faith is gonna get us to where God is taking us. And we're lighting this second candle this week and it represents peace, peace. And we're talking about how when Jesus was born, it brought peace into the world. The angels said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And that through Jesus, we receive the peace of God that fills our lives. We receive peace with God, peace with our fellow man, and peace in our own hearts. And we need peace because we experience a lot of conflict in this life, don't we? We are at war with God when we're first born into this world with a sinful nature. Maybe you didn't realize this, but before you accepted Jesus, you were an enemy of God. And then that spills over into war with our fellow man and we have conflict with people. It's just part of life. All of us have hurt other people and been hurt by other people. It's a sad reality. I found a study by the CDC that showed one in five Americans was sexually molested as a child. One in four was beaten by a parent. One in three couples engage in physical violence. One in four grew up with alcoholic relatives. And one in eight witnessed their mother being beaten or hit. So a lot of people have experienced trauma and that trauma affects those around us. And then we have war within us. And I think for most of us, one of our biggest struggles is internal. We struggle with things like anxiety and depression and insecurity and destructive desires. And so maybe you came to church today feeling like, you're a hot mess. And I would just say, if you feel like your life's a bit of a hot mess today, you made the right choice coming to church. That's exactly where you should go when your life's a hot mess. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'm the only one who's got issues. I'm, I'm sure of it, but that's not reality. Everyone up in here has issues. In fact, look at your neighbor right now and just tell them, I've got issues. I've got, at, Fountain, at Fountain Hills, the South Mountain, online, you're sitting next to someone, right, tell them, I've got issues. And then tell them back, we can tell. <laughs> You're not alone, right? And your issues are a result of the fact that we live in a world at war. And so we've got good news. Here's what it says in Isaiah chapter nine. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity and I love this 
the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. It's cool. There are four titles given for Jesus here in this well-known passage, and they help us understand how we experience the peace of Christ. It starts with Jesus first being born as a baby, and then it's completed when he returns again someday in the future. But when he was first born, think about this, the angel said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So Jesus was born into a world that had all kinds of problems. There was suffering and division and pain, just like we have today. Yet the angel said the birth of Christ brought peace to earth. And that's a good reminder for someone because you probably got some problems right now. And you think if God would just take those problems away, you could have peace. But that's not how the peace of God works. The peace of God, the peace of Jesus is not found when life is perfect, but when Jesus is present. Peace is not the absence of conflict in your life, but the presence of Christ in your life. Biblical peace, it's not just a ceasefire, but it brings a blessing. The word for peace in Hebrew is shalom. And the ancient Hebrew concept of peace, shalom, it meant wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity, carrying with it the implication of permanence. If you go to Israel today, people will say shalom, and you need to know how big of a concept that really is. All of that is made available to us through Jesus, and we see a lot of nativity scenes at Christmas time, so we kind of get this idea in our minds like Jesus is just his eight pounds, six ounce, cute little sweet and cuddly. (laughs) baby, but still omnipotent in his golden fleece diapers. But he brought more than that, right? He brought the fullest manifestation of God's blessing to us. So I'm going to talk about those four titles in this message and unpack how that speaks to our lives. First, as wonderful counselor, Jesus brings peace to your heart and mind. Maybe you've felt tension kind of creeping back into your life and and maybe you even feel that in your body, like the tightness in your chest or the shortness of breath or maybe difficulty sleeping. Our body knows when we're carrying anxiety and stress. I heard one Christian counselor say, the body is a major prophet, not a minor prophet. That's a church joke. You'll only get that if you know the Bible. But your body knows that you're stressed out. I remember when I had become a pastor and I was starting to deal with like really stressful situations. I started having muscle spasms. And my, my eye would start twitching. Like it's like the, a meme, you know, I'm like, <laughs> and I started thinking like, what is wrong with me? I didn't get this stressed out when I was in the army or in a combat zone. Here I am like freaking out. I need to talk to somebody. So I went and saw a counselor and like, and I still go to see counselors once in a while. You know, I go off and on and, I have a good life, but also deal with a lot of difficult situations. And so sometimes it helps to sit down and talk to a counselor and have them say, you know, have you thought about this? Or how did that make you feel? And it just kind of forces you to process through some things that otherwise you might be tempted to bottle up and, and just kind of brush under the rug. And so I encourage you, if you need help, to go and talk to a counselor. There's no shame in that game saying I need some help. Amen. Counseling has been shown to increase your interpersonal skills and relationship quality, to decrease depression and anxiety, to reduce the need for pharmaceuticals and substance misuse, 
to improve your quality of life and emotional stability. And counseling has been proven to reduce suicidal thinking and help you gain clarity on how your own behavioral choices impact your well-being. And so I do want to give you a heads up because I know some of you have been to counseling. Some of you are like, I tried it, didn't really work, I didn't like it. I just want to give you a heads up. I probably talked to six or seven different counselors in my life, and I can tell you that some of them were really, really good, and some of them were not. (laughs) Just like there are some good teachers in schools and some bad ones, there are some good pastors in churches and some bad ones, there are some good politicians in Washington, just a few, few, and there are some bad ones. (laughs) There's also some good counselors and bad counselors. So if you go and see a counselor and you're not really getting much out of it, don't be afraid to fire your counselor. Go try someone else. But I have good news for you that in Jesus, we all have a wonderful counselor. In Psalm 32, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I love this because I have talked to some counselors where I'm like, you know, not to be mean, but I just don't think he's that smart. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what I should do any more than I know what I should do. And, and then I've talked to other people where they're, you know, they're taking notes and they're listening. But I'm thinking like, you don't really care about me. Why should I share all this with you? But then when I think about how God, he knows everything. And he loves us more than anyone else in the whole world could ever love us. And we have the opportunity to be counseled by God. Now, the the deal is this. His rate is very, very high. Like a billion dollars wouldn't get you an hour on the couch. But the good news is that Jesus paid the the price on the cross for you to have access to God. Unlimited access. And so the Holy Spirit dwells inside each and every believer and will whisper to us and tell us, go this way. Or he'll lovingly rebuke us and say, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you better not. Or he'll comfort us when we're hurting, give us advice, point things out. And so you need to bring your stress and anxiety, insecurity and depression to the Lord. But how often do you go to Google before God? I mean, think about how often you're stressed out and you're struggling with something and you go and you type in, you know, how do you deal with difficult in-laws? I've never had to t- type that in, but. Or maybe you're like, you know, how do you deal with difficult kids who won't listen? Or, or what do you do about a, a, a difficult boss? Or, or what's this bump I feel? And you go to WebMD and next thing you know, you're freaking yourself out. You know, it's cancer, I know, it's cancer. But how often do you do that before you talk to God about your problems? And I just want to make it real simple and encourage you. Ask God before Google. Ask God. Talk to God. Share what you're wrestling with with the Lord. Seek his counsel and watch the difference that makes. Or I know a lot of you, you like to watch YouTube tutorials. You know, you're more of a visual learner. But still, talk to Yahweh before you go to YouTube, okay? And watch what happens in your life as you allow yourself to be counseled by your wonderful counselor. In Isaiah 26, it says this about God. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In other words, the more you keep your mind fixed on God, the more you will experience his peace. 
And not just peace, the Bible promises you perfect peace. That's something that meditation can't offer you, drugs can't offer you. Nothing can, only God can give us perfect peace that surpasses understanding. All right, here's the next thing. As mighty God, that was the other title, the next title. As mighty God, Jesus brings us the peace of protection. This is big. I know a lot of people, they struggle with fear. They worry about danger. I got to let you know a little bit about me. Uh, I have a a really strong sense of justice. And so when I see someone who's like weaker or smaller getting bullied by someone who's bigger and stronger, it makes me mad to a disproportionate degree. And as a kid, you know, I would get in fist fights because I wanted to, you know, protect my friends from bullies or stand up to bullies. And I just, I just do not like bullies. Now, when I was younger, my family lived in Kansas. My dad was the pastor of this church in like a pretty small rural town. And after church on Sundays, he would take our family to a local Chinese buffet. You know, there's nothing like a Chinese buffet after church. Am I right? Like everyone's going to find something they like at a Chinese buffet. And there was this really sweet Christian man who owned this Chinese buffet. And as we were eating every week, you know, he'd come by, he would talk to us at our table and he'd joke with us kids and ask us how church was. It was just like the coolest thing. And so one time I'm about 12 years old and I asked this man one day if he would teach me karate. I'm pretty sure at that point in my life, he was the first Asian man I had ever met in real life. I had seen the three ninjas and Karate Kid. So I just assumed this guy knew karate. And so he asked me, he's like, why do you want to learn karate? I knew why I wanted to learn karate was to fight, but I was too clever for that. I was not going to admit that. So I said, I want to learn discipline. How clever was that? He said, you want discipline? You don't need karate. You need listen to your mom and dad. (laughs) He got me. Yeah. Eventually I found out there was a Caucasian man in our church who was a second degree black belt. And he started doing karate classes and it was so fun. Like we get to spar and like fight and, you know, kind of learned how to fight. And so eventually there I was equipped with my newly earned yellow belt ready to put my particular set of skills to use for some vigilante justice. And I did, man, like, I'm not gonna lie. I got into a lot of fist fights as a kid, like junior higher, teenager, my buddies would be getting bullied, I'd be getting bullied. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going down that way. And I would fight. Eventually I got a little older, I realized, you know, someone's gonna get hurt and I'm gonna end up in juvie. And I don't want that. So I, I retired from fighting, I am retired now. I retired with a perfect record. I plan to keep it that way. (laughs) Nobody wants to read about their pastor fist fighting. (laughs) Eventually I got a little older. I realized, you know, there are some evils and some dangers in the world that I can't protect myself or my loved ones from despite my particular set of skills. (laughs) And that can be a little scary. And I know you probably, especially if you're a parent, like you worry about your kids. If you're married, you worry about your spouse and their physical safety, especially when you hear about all the danger in the world and the things that are going on out there. I remember when I had been married for just a few years, I would get so anxious when my wife was away from me. Like she would get in the car, go run errands, or she would be doing something, we'd be apart, and I would worry about her. I would just be like kind of nervous, checking the phone, like is she gonna call, is she gonna be okay? Eventually I found out about those, those apps you can put on your phone where you can see where each other are, you guys know? 
Life 360, that's where it's at, you know? There's, you, got, you gotta get that Life 360 app. If you, got, if you got kids, you gotta get that app on their phone. It's amazing. You can see where they're at all the time. You can see how fast they're driving. And if they complain about it being an invasion of privacy, you can tell them that they don't get privacy, but they are blessed to have a loving parent. Hey, 